Hi friends, my name is Amina Mejdoubi and you are listening to Unpacking with Mina. This podcast is a safe space where we discuss different topics and explore together our world by dissecting various issues that pertain to the human experience so we can understand ourselves and live fully in a raw and authentic way. So buckle up for a fun ride. Hi friends, welcome back to another episode of Unpacking with Mina. Today's episode is a special one because I have a special guest with me. My guest today is Muhammadu Wildslahi. He is the inspiration behind the masterpiece book, The Mauritanian, which has been adapted into a movie also titled The Mauritanian. Muhammad Slahi's ordeal started in 2001 when he was kidnapped from his hometown in Mauritania, sent to Jordan, and then shipped to Afghanistan to finally land in Guantanamo Bay. For 20 years, Muhammadu Wildslahi was detained in a maximum security prisons for a crime he never committed. His only crime was the fact that he was born in Mauritania and he was a Muslim. Although this is his story, it hides in its folds the many stories of other innocent detainees who never got the chance to see their children grow up or say goodbye to their loved ones. Today, Muhammadu and I will discuss everything from hope, compassion, darkness, and resilience. Hello? Hello? Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you now. Awesome, awesome. I'm so glad we connected. Hi, Muhammadu, how are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you for accepting my invitation today. It's really, really, really my honor to have you here. Thank you so much. Same here. Thanks. And happy Eid, by the way. Tomorrow is Eid and we're celebrating. So happy Eid. Happy Eid to you too. Thank you. So, Muhammad, today I wanted my discussion with you to focus on more of the positive side of your story and your awesome personality that shone through the cracks of your horrendous ordeal. Okay. And so in 2001, after two weeks of interrogation by the Mauritanian authorities, they concluded that there was no basis to believe you were the mastermind behind the millennium plot that you were accused of. And right after that, you were flown to Jordan where your torture has started. After this happened, did you ever lose hope that you would ever get out? If not, what gave you hope and what kept you alive? Uh, I didn't keep hope all the time. Mm -hmm. At times, I didn't really, I really gave up. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, uh, but what, you know, gave me hope, you know, like, this one day I may join my family, you know, and, uh, and also my faith and, you know, my mother. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like, would always defeat wrongdoing. Correct. And the fact also that I managed to forgive people helped me a lot because 
in peace with myself. A very big burden was off my back. Mm-hmm. Yes, because forgiveness has a lot to do with the other person more than, with, with, with us more than the other person. Um, so I agree with you. So I actually gave my listeners a little bit of background information about your story. But um, if you can tell us your story in a nutshell, very quickly, because I, again, I want to focus on the positive things that happened in there. What, what would you say? Uh, I didn't understand the question. So I said that I already uh, informed my listeners about your story and what you've been through, but how do you, how do you tell your story? You're such a storyteller because as I was reading your book, you are a storyteller. How do you say your story right now? If someone says what happened to you, what do you say in a nutshell? Uh, no. No, I remember this day, you know, when I was a child. Mm-hmm. I was in second or third grade. I don't remember exactly. And uh, I, I want to join my afternoon class. You no, know, it was 3 p.m., but mm-hmm. I had to. It was very hot. I mean, I don't need to explain to you because you, you come from this region. It's yes. very hot. And I didn't have shoes. So okay. I had like to jump from one structure to the next, trees to, to cool down my feet and continue on my way. Mm-hmm. And we had this noisy neighbor, you know, she, <laughs> she, she interrupted me midways and she, uh, she told me why I didn't like, uh, why I didn't, uh, uh, why I didn't, uh, uh, why I didn't have shoes. Mm-hmm. And I was so ashamed. I couldn't tell her I was very poor because um. I was ashamed. And then she kept like scolding me. But mm. as she scolded me, I. And uh, I didn't know what to do, you know. And then, uh, and then I told I, I was like, okay, I'll go back to get my shoes. I went back, and uh, I took another route because I didn't want to meet her. So we didn't have enough food either, you know. Like you know, it's very like normal, like in place like the USA or even like certain places in Morocco that you eat until you get until you get full. Yeah. It was not a given in my life. So I grew up very poor. Mm-hmm. And then I fell in love with school. And then I hated weekends because weekends there was no school. And I just waited impatiently until I get back to school. And uh, oh wow. And uh, so I was and I went there and then uh, I graduated in telecommunications microelectronics mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, 
Yes, when I came back to my country after graduating and somewhat in Germany, I came back to my country and I was kidnapped. And first I was put in, in, in house under house arrest. And then I was taken to Jordan. Then thus my journey of transformation mostly and self-reflection and learning myself. I only knew who I was when I was after many years in, you know, isolation because I had so much time to work. Yeah. I love that because I think sometimes we run from ourselves so much. However, you know, obviously reflecting is a practice that we want to do it when we're at peace and not in, in a situation like yours in prison. So Muhammad, you yeah. literally carved light out of darkness, even, even though you were exposed to probably the ugliest side of humanity, you still managed to find humor and irony in a lot of situations. And we can see that through your book. Was that a coping mechanism or is that who you are actually as a person? I mean, you know, you are, you have Moroccan backgrounds, obviously. So as yeah. I understand, um, you know that people in less free countries, you know, and there is, there are a lot of, you know, freedoms in the Maghreb region, you know, but free and uh, people like replace that, you know, void with like irony and with jokes. That's why you see Moroccan, there is, they, they always they tell jokes when they sit with each other, you know? That's true. And uh, yeah, well, we like to joke. We like to, you know, very lighthearted. And yeah, because that's the best way to survive because you cannot, a situation like this, you cannot take seriously. So you have to, you know, mm -hmm. you have to, you have to joke and, that's how, how I survived, you know? Yeah. So w when I was reading the handwritten pages of your book, I, I couldn't help but notice your craft and gift of writing as a fellow writer. You were able to transport us to a different world that we were not aware about, nor were we ready to learn about. So when did you realize that you have a gift of writing and how long did it take you to actually finish your whole book? Um, because I know you started writing letters to your lawyers that later became a book, but when did you realize that you actually can write? Mm -hmm. You know, he, he asked us to write an essay. You know, this is like just mm -hmm. children. And then... Yeah. He just look at my essay and he says, Muhammad, you need to do like, like uh, literature because you are very qualified, mm. you know, but I chose, you know, I decided against it because literacy is very hard, you know, and it's like, people do literature and there are no set rules. The rules change all the time, you know, but I yes. chose mathematics. It's an art. Very simple. Yeah. So mathematics is very simple because mm. you, uh, 
everybody agrees, whether you're in the US, in Mauritania, in Japan, in China, always mm -hmm. the same answer. You know? And mm -hmm. I love that, like, so, but you know, you're right. It's not, it's just like poetry. It's like, you're right because there is something, if you don't write down, it's painful. You know, you have to discharge. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I had, you know, I was being painted as a serial killer, as a very horrible person. And that mm -hmm. was a very big burden on me and my, on my family. Mm -hmm. I was not allowed, you know, I was not allowed to say anything. Everything, mm -hmm. the whole narrative was woven by the United States government, you know. And right. I had no, no, writing was very important, whether I have like talent or not. So I need to tell the world, mm. this is not me. What they describe is not me. It's a person that is alien to me. And, mm -hmm. uh, and you know, like, you know, you know, I don't know whether you read even Batota, but we read oh, even yes, Batota. Yeah, so that's so one of the classics. So I wrote like even Batota. I write like Thousand One Nights. You, it, you, I didn't have like word processing program where I could go back and make the sentences beautiful or anything. It's just one. And uh, that's how old people wrote their uh, books back in the days. Mm -hmm. But now, when I'm a free man, I have the tools, yes. you know, to sleep on it and then come back and make it more beautiful and so. Mm -hmm. So that, that takes me to my next question, which is, so you shared with us readers that when you were a child, you wanted to write and teach. And obviously, you have fulfilled your passion for writing uh, through your first book, The Guantanamo Diary, which is now The Mauritanian. Do you think you will ever pursue teaching at some point? Because I think the teacher in me is just so curious. I am a high school teacher and a writer. So I just want to know, like, will you ever decide to, to teach somewhere? Uh, what subject do you teach, if I may? I teach ninth grade English in high school. I see. Uh, so... Mm. So, uh, mm. I, I I was always teaching, but I was always volunteering. Like mm -hmm. in Germany, I taught Arabic, and I taught uh, I taught Quran, and uh, sometimes I taught uh, German for refugees, you know, families. Mm. And uh, it was just something I enjoyed, but I never like did it professionally. And when I was in the camp, when they put me together with Afghani people, I taught them Arabic and mm -hmm. I taught them Quran, but they took me away from everyone. So I wasn't allowed to mm -hmm. mingle with them. So I, I always like to teach. My family say that I'm a very bad. doesn't <laughs> understand me, you know. I think you would be a great teacher, and here is why. A lot of great teachers are funny people, and you are hilarious. 
you know, we, we can see a glimpse of it in the, in the movie. And um, I've been following you on Instagram for a while. Um, so, so I really, really think you would be a good teacher. If you ever think about it, um, I, can, I can get you started. Thank you so much. Absolutely. You know, like one of the guards told me one day that he had Iranian teacher, just like, like immigrant. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they, they tease him, like the students tease him, say, how did, you make, how did you get from Iran to the U.S.? He would say, I yeah. ran. Oh, <laughs> literally, quite literally. Okay, that's funny. See, I told you, I told you, you yes. got jokes, you can be a teacher. Um, one of my questions is, I think, I'm not sure how to ask this, but I, as I was reading the book, I felt that the American interrogators always bragged about how much they understand all cultures and they know it all. But I felt like they lacked the Muslim perspective to understand that a lot of decisions that you made in your life, for example, uh, going by the name Abdullah in Canada, which to me as a Muslim was a, a very normal thing, or frequenting a mosque, you know, these are things that are normal to any Muslim, yeah. but it was probably hard for them to understand this. So did you ever, do you think if any of your interrogators were not Americans, the outcome would have been better or no? Yes, uh, the Jordanian uh, concluded that I'm not. No, it was clear to them that I'm not a criminal. So uh, yes, of course, it, it, it's make a very big difference because uh, because Americans just don't know. Like they, to them, you know, to them, you are a Muslim, then you are a suspect, you know. And yeah, uh, and it's probably like very, weird that you go by the name Abdullah, which which you know, like. If we don't know somebody in the street, we can call them Abdullah, Muhammad, all these names, yes. and it's normal. Correct, correct. And this all like, this all like, kind of, you know, it's none of your business, kind of, what I name myself, mm-hmm. you know? Correct. Yeah, because, I mean, it's just the way it is, you know? And, yeah. Uh, yes, I... Uh, honestly yes um but it would make a very big difference like you said you know interesting i i wondered about that but now i think i i I make connecting the dots because yes jordanians did uh conclude that you were very much innocent and then yes sadly things happened later okay um i i felt so emotional and humbled when I read about this moment in the book, when you started cleaning the whole compound and taking care of your plants, when you guys had that glimpse of hope that you were leaving and heard that the facility could possibly be used to house refugees. And so there was so much humanity and compassion in that scene that can teach all of us a lesson. Now, my question to you is, how could you take care of a place that took so much from you? I mean, I, I cannot like live in anger. You know, that's, that's very, very unhealthy, you know? 
That's true. And, uh, you know, I took it upon myself to be a nice person. You know, when, uh, when I saw that, you know, when I saw that I, when I was putting those diapers and so, I, I was, I know there is no way out, you know? And mm -hmm. then I just want to be a nice person. That's, that's, my, that's my whole concern. And then because I figured I wouldn't be, be like regretting not being with this very hot girl or anything like that. All I regret in my life was not being nice to my mother, like food and so, you know. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that was like life changing too. Yes, and speaking about not being kind and being compassionate, um, you, you, you had some good relationships with some guards and uh, you made a bracelet to one of them when he was leaving and you, uh, some of them cried when, you know, you were leaving. So um, have you reconnected with any of them and did any of them apologize to you? Uh, yes. They did, and uh, and uh, honestly, I was very I, I I welcome it very well, you know, mm -hmm. because a lot of them, you know, and some of them became my friends. We are still good friends. Mm -hmm. Steve Wood, I'm sure you heard about his story. He's yes. my brother. He came here. He made Ramadan with me. That's beautiful. Your, your, your story, Muhammad, has so many lessons that I actually want to suggest um, to actually use it in my curriculum next year. I am I'm going to be writing a proposal and hopefully they say yes. But I, I, can, I can tell you that as a teacher, I feel like my ninth grader students could, could, could learn a lot from you, you know, through your story. Um, my next question is about your mother. So... This, this made me cry in multiple occasions when I was reading your book about you smelling her letters and missing her. And um, I could sense literally in my heart the, the love you have, you have for her when, when you were talking about how they made you confess to a crime because they started bringing your mom into this and telling you that they would torture her. Um, I know she's gone and I know you didn't have the chance to say goodbye. How are you honoring your, your mother right now um, in your life? I mean, I honor my mother. I wish she was here with me. You know, I honor her by following onto her step, the step of forgiveness, you know, of big-heartedness, of... Uh, you know, of not caring too much what people think or what people, you know, but caring about who she is, you know. And mm. uh, yeah, just trying to be like my mother, you know, because it doesn't make it like uh, untrue, you know. Yes. And, uh, 
she took care of 12 kids. That's by any measures is a hero in my book. 100% because, because I have students, that, uh, 20 students in my class and they are not my kids and sometimes I want to run away. So that, that is a hero. Um, <laughs> so there are 40 detainees right now in Guantanamo and the government spends around $13 million a year on each one. My question is, how can we as people and Americans, what can we do to advocate for closing this facility? And do you personally have hope that one day it will be history? Absolutely. Just like Japanese internment in uh, World War II, this mm -hmm. would be like a place in the museum because the human being advanced and human rights advanced. So, and I have, I'm a very big believer in the new president, Joe Biden. I think he's a good guy. You know, he lost yeah. his wife when she was young. Son, the pain and suffering when you take him to the grave mm -hmm. and bury. And uh, so, and human beings tend to have empathy. And a letter, and I co-signed another letter. Mm -hmm. we, should, we should just like uh, use the momentum right now, you know, because with this election, people have hope, you mm -hmm. know, for more uh, for human rights, and uh, and uh, and we should, uh, you know, you should write your Congress people. You know, I had uh, I had uh, a webinar, mm -hmm. a congressman the other day. Uh, he was very uh, very and that presidential. And now we have twelve congressmen writing to the president asking him to close Guantanamo Bay, and we have from South America urging the president to close Guantanamo Bay. So much momentum. And it's the right thing to do because American people are good Absolutely. people. And, you know, and they, they deserve better. You know, they are generous. They, are, they love life. They love, love to be good. And Guantanamo Bay is illegal because it, the premise that the government can take you to prison and put you in prison with no charge and make you guilty with no charge. You never see a judge. And you say, say some people are almost 20 years now in prison. Mm -hmm. I spent more than 15 years in prison and five years outside prison, house arrest, 20 years. You know, America is better than that. American can do. Yeah. So their background, Muslim, Christian, Jewish, whatever background, they should band together and ask for the closure because it's really... Not good. We we expect the United States to lead in human rights and to make absolutely government to I also have a lot of hope in this. I really hope that this becomes just history one day. And as you said, maybe a museum um, that just showcases an ugly side of history. Uh, Mohammed, my my American dad was in Tazmamat for 20 years. And so your story is very close to my heart because he was in Tazmamat in Morocco for 20 years and 
his story is very similar to yours. And now Tazmamart is just a place that people visit, you know, almost like a museum, as you said. So I'm hoping the same thing happens to Guantanamo. I really hope so. A soldier? Uh, he was actually a pilot. Ah, I, I, in Air yeah. Force, like Air Base, Air Force Base. Yes. Oh, I see. Yes, and so when the overthrowing of the king happened, he got detained, and they just never let him go for twenty years. Yeah, I, I read the book of uh, of Qir. Zinzana Rakam Ashra. I think I know the book. Cellule uh, numéro dix. Uh, no, that's uh, that's another of it. It's called. Uh, uh, it's called. Uh, I just read it, you know, recently. It's yeah. called uh, uh, La Prisonnière. I read ah, in French. La Prisonnière. Okay. Prisonnière. So well, I actually I just remember. Really yes, go ahead. Yeah. It's amazing when I read. I point that they couldn't make a Hollywood movie or about it because it's just so amazing you know and uh, but i'm so happy that your dad you know made it out of prison in one piece and that he also made it to the united states and become an american citizen you know and that's very big achievement very big achievement and i i actually just remembered the 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 author his name is ahmed marzouki he he was one of the detainees in tazmamas and the book which i really suggest it's called Cellule Numero 10. I think you would love it. You would enjoy it. So, yeah. <laughs> but this is uh, because there were like two uh, two Yes, you have Ofqir, and then you have, it was, both of them were like in August. And yes. uh, there was like uh, another one before him. The, the, the party, you know, and mm-hmm. yeah, but I forget the general who did it. So your father was detained in Ofqir's coup uh, or another coup In In Ofqir's. Uh, he's actually my American. Yeah. My real father is in Morocco, but when I first moved to this country, uh, uh, Emmy, I call him Emmy Barak. He took me in with his wife, uh, who's an American, who, by the way, waited for him for 20 years when he was detained. Um, and, and they just took me in and I've known them for like, I think 13 years now. And, uh, yeah, they are, they are my rock here. Cause I don't have family in the U S you have a family. You just said you have a family. That's your family. Yes, they are. They are 100%. Yeah. We, sure. say, yeah. we say in Arabic, there is the same. You have a brother that your mother. Yeah. And. You know, biological father. Biological father, you know, it's, you know, just that, you know, but people who took care of you, that's your people, you know. Yes, they are. They are. Yes, absolutely. So, Muhammad, when I, Muhammad, when I talk to you, you, you exude happiness, ease, and peace. So, there's something so infectious and undeniable about you. Um, what's your secret, man? Tell us. Uh, you know, I, no, I, how can I say this? So, 
you know, there is first, like, to be perfectly honest, there is a layer of sadness, like, mm -hmm. in me, that mm -hmm. I, mm -hmm. there are a lot of issues I, 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 I don't want to face right now, like, PTSD and moments yes. of humiliation, mm -hmm. moment of hardship that I thought it's not my mistake. And it makes me very upset. I, I love people to enjoy my life. Life is very short, you know. I just like when I go to a funeral, I would say, this could be me, you know, this could be me, you know. I, I, have, to, I have to make the best out of life, you know. Yes. And, uh, and that's, and I, I wish all people, because when I see with like good car, or good house. I don't say, oh, I want her house. I say, oh, I wish I could have a house like this, you know? Mm. I'm happy for you. I, I have the ability to be happy for world. And I think it's very important to love human beings, you know? Yes, a lot of beautiful things come from love. A lot of beautiful things come from love and, and that you are an example of that. Um, so now that you're a free person, Muhammadu, what is your favorite thing to do? And where do you find your joy right now? Uh, come again? I didn't understand the question. Um, what is your favorite thing to do as a free person? And where do you find joy right now? You know, like hanging out with friends and family that I trust that I don't have to pretend to be a different person. That's it's really very joyful. And that's one thing. The other thing, I enjoy like being alone in a room where no one is around, you know. I feel like peace and security, you know. Mm. So those people so those people that I trust so much, I don't need to pretend. I don't need to have my guards on, mm. one thing. The other thing, being very alone in a room and doing my own thing. It's awesome that you can do both because most people who want to hang out with people can't be alone and vice versa. So it's really cool that you can do both. But I, but I think it's the writer in you. You need your own time to just like be with your own thoughts and stuff like that. Yes. I, you can relate to that. I'm sure you can relate to that. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, my last question is, what is, if you can give me one big life lesson that you could share with my audience, what would it be? So, Nina. Yes. In my experience, when we about this earth, Mm, we will not regret that we didn't make enough money. We will not regret that. You will not regret that, oh, this hot guy, Tom Cruise, I don't know who he is. I didn't get to marry him or be with him. Mm -hmm. We will not regret that we don't have a house on Fifth Avenue. The only thing that we, I would regret is not being nice to people, not, not, being, not helping someone who asked me to help them, but and I was able to and I did. You know, the only thing that I want 
to take with me is being nice, you know, to people. And this is not easy. To your limits, you know, you know but you know, we should try. It's the best when, uh, when someone is trying to help you. Absolutely. That was so beautiful. That was really beautiful. Um, oh my God, Muhammadu, talking to you is really fun and just, it's, 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 um, it's inspiring. So thank you so much for being here with me today. And I would love to have tea with you at some point. I know you love tea. You mentioned that many times. So you are so welcome in Morocco. And if you ever happen to be in the U.S., you have a friend here. Uh, let's have some Moroccan tea and talk about Remy, maybe. I absolutely would love to hang out with you. I would love for you to take me around in your beautiful country, countries. You have now two countries. Yes. And yes. Uh, is that like if recording is done, I, I want to uh, just like ask you, mm -hmm. like just ask you questions, but I don't want to do it on recording. Yes, because I can call you right after. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, I would love okay. to talk to you some more. So thank you so much, yeah, Muhammadu, for your time you. and the, just doing us the honor to be here today. We learned a lot from you. Please continue doing what you're doing. You're awesome. And thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Love and light, Mina.